0: You are a Locked On Braves postcast, part of Locked On Sports Atlanta, your team every day.
1: And hello and welcome into the Braves postcast, part of the all new Locked On Sports Atlanta. Grant McCauley, Jake Mastriani, with you after what was a frustrating day for the Atlanta Braves, a real clunker. In Game 3 of the National League Division Series, a 9-1 loss to the Philadelphia Phillies who now move ahead two games to one and force the Braves into a place that they didn't find themselves at all in the postseason in 2021, and that is facing elimination. We've got a lot to talk about on this episode of the show, so as always, I want to remind you to make sure you subscribe to Locked On Sports Atlanta here on YouTube and to Locked On Braves wherever you get your podcast. Jake, this was a tough one to watch, and I think that we were all excited about the return of Spencer Strider, who had been so good head-to-head against the Philadelphia Phillies, but that was a club that apparently had his number in Game 3 on Friday at Citizens Bank Park.
0: Yeah, I was excited about it. I thought it was the right move and the right decision if you felt like he was good to go. Uh, Unfortunately, just maybe ran out of a little gas there, but it didn't matter because the offense only scored one run in the end as well, so they certainly weren't doing their job either on what was a really ugly game.
1: These are the things that didn't add up for the Braves. You don't get the pitching performance you need. Well, that's frustrating. You don't get the runs you need. Well, that's kind of a double whammy because you got to have one or the other typically, and usually both, if you want to win games. And the Braves have typically been able to do that in terms of, you know, we're just winning series. That's what this club has done, been resilient all year long. They tied this division series up. They sent it back to Philadelphia, knowing that they were going to be going against a big game pitcher, a tough pitcher, one of the best in the National League. In Aaron Nola and he certainly had the Braves number on this day as well let's get into the particulars of game three as the Phillies take a two games to one lead in the NLDS Braves just one run on six hits an error and eight men left on base Phillies nine runs eight hits a couple of errors three men left aboard board for them Aaron Nola picks up the win with six innings of one run ball Spencer Strider unable to escape the third inning he was charged with five earned runs he takes a loss no save in a game that lasted three hours, 16 minutes, and a crowd of over 45,000 filed into Citizens Bank Park uh, to see this one. It was a sellout crowd. It was their first postseason game in Philadelphia in 11 years. The last time they had one of these things, it was a loss. Roy Halliday was on the mound. Ryan Howard was blown out as Achilles. Jake, I would say that as far as things that have happened uh, since the last time the Phillies were in October, they didn't want to think about what had, had gone on since then. They're just concentrating on this opportunity they have right now. And with their play on Friday, they have put themselves in quite the position. I think we call it the driver's seat, if I'm not mistaken.
0: Yeah, and the Braves are very familiar with that position because I think it's a position they were in last year, a team not a lot lot of many people expected anything from, you know, an 88-win team. I believe they're an Mm 87-win team, but they're hot at the right time. They got a lot of confidence, as you said, playing in front of a crowd who uh, was very loud and energetic. I mean, Truist Park is as well, but obviously that fan base hasn't seen that and a long time so they were pumped up ready to go and you know you really felt like maybe if the Braves punched first in this one they could quiet the crowd down and maybe settle things in but they had an opportunity in the first couldn't get it and the Phillies did and it just kind of uh, snowballed on them from there
1: yeah it did I mean Spencer Strider looked so good the first couple of innings you felt like all the pieces were there and you know he wasn't going to go deep into this game I think you know if you're listening to Brian Snitker's comments while Spencer Strider might have wanted to go out there and run through a brick wall and throw nine innings. Hadn't been on the mound in quite a little while. It just wasn't going to work out that way for him today. He did not escape the third. Two and a third innings, five earned runs, just three hits, a couple of walks, but a big home run by Reese Hoskins really sealed his fate.
0: Yeah, that was, you know, obviously the key in the third inning. And, you know, some big at-bats in there before that, uh, for sure. You know, some long at-bats, Segura, Stott and you saw the, the velocity kind of tick down a little bit. He actually picked it back up in that at bat, but that was just such a deflating at bat. And then, you know, first pitch to Reese Hoskins was, you know, 93 right down the middle, and Hoskins did what most hitters are going to do with that pitch and absolutely destroyed it. And it just got, kind of felt like that was the game there. And it was unfortunate. Strider looked like, you know, Strider in those first two innings and really just ran through that lineup. Um, But, you know, I think just the long at-bats, obviously not pitching in nearly a month, perhaps caught up with him a little bit there in that third inning and just wasn't as sharp as we saw him in those first two.
1: No, he wasn't. And I feel like the, the big thing in that at-bat, or, or excuse me, the big part of that inning was that Bryson Stott at-bat. The four-pitch walk to Brandon Marsh, yes, that's troublesome. The error on the pickoff attempt, yeah, that kind of put him against the ropes, but Stott really wasn't you know, able to get on the Spencer Strider fastball, which was down a tick or two in that third inning. But when he made the choice to go with the slider, that's when Stott was able to get his bat wrapped around one of those, rip it into right field for a double, put the Phillies on the board. You intentionally walk Kyle Schwarber. And then, as you mentioned, the Reese Hoskins home run, absolutely crushed. 93.8 miles an hour on that fastball, tied for the slowest four-seamer that Spencer Strider has thrown in his career. He did say after the game, it didn't feel any different. And he said, if you throw it right there, a lot of times, whether it's 91 or 101, the hitters are going to do what they're going to do. And that's exactly what Reese Hoskins did. And that was make some serious contact for that big home run to put the Phillies up at that point by a 4-0 score. But would you believe that, Jake, from the end of the start at bat, which was a nine-pitch at bat, to the time that Bryce Harper left the yard after greeting Dylan Lee, who was first out of the bullpen, there was a span of four pitches thrown. From whence it went from a nothing nothing game to a six nothing Phillies lead. That's how quick, how sudden it can happen at Citizens Bank Park.
0: And we were used to seeing that from the Braves offense. I mean, we've seen the Braves put up huge cricket numbers in just a matter of mere pitches because they have that power. And, you know, it's the one thing that really scares you about that Phillies lineup. And we talked about going into it. They have power as well up and down their lineup, and they can flip a game very quickly. And it's exactly what you saw. And, you know, the Braves had offense had chances in this game and it's like they were looking for that big two or three run homer. They had a couple innings where they had two on base and some of their big boppers up and you felt like, OK, they get a hold of one right back in this game. But they didn't. The Phillies did. I mean, it's very similar to game one. They got the big hits. They got the good pitching. Uh, Braves did not. And as as a result, they're down in the series.
1: And it was that six-run inning that put the Phillies in, as I mentioned, the driver's seat. The Braves, meanwhile, just one run against Aaron Nola. It was unearned thanks to Reese Hoskins dropping a throw at first base, which left the door open for Michael Harris to come through with an RBI single. But you know, other than that, there really wasn't much to talk about when it came to the Braves' offense. And that's just the kind of day and the the kind of game that uh, Aaron Nola needed was to get a big lead and be able to pitch his game in six innings. uh, Only six strikeouts in this one, but the Braves, every time they seemed to get something going, Aaron Nola was able to squash it out, get a big out that he needed and cruise right on to another inning. And he wasn't really having to sweat it too much after that first inning, in which, as you mentioned, the Braves, it seemed like might get a little bit of something brewing. But when you you give up a six spot, that certainly changes the momentum of the game, because unless you start chipping away immediately, it can get late early in this kind of game, if that makes sense.
0: Yeah, no, for sure. I mean, when you don't get anything in that first inning and then really didn't have another big threat until the sixth inning, they had a one-out double in the fourth, but nothing of that. Uh, then in the sixth inning, you had a leadoff double, a walk, two on nobody out with Riley coming up. And you felt like, okay, this is maybe the point you're going to get back in this game. It's right here in the middle of your order, two on nobody out. They end up getting one on that, which is actually gifted because of the Phillies defense, who has really helped out the Braves a lot in this game, and they still couldn't do much with it. But just not able to put up that crooked number uh, like we talked about. And that's what the Braves offense has been so good at doing throughout the year is putting up that crooked number. And we just didn't get it in this game. We've got it in, you know, a couple of innings in the first two games, but couldn't get it done here. And I mentioned Riley. I mean, it's been a struggle for him in this series. It's really been a struggle for the first couple of months, but it just hasn't, you know, hasn't been able to get a big hit from your MVP candidate.
1: No, he is not. And Dansby Swanson's been cold, but the bottom of the Braves order, it's like somebody turned the lights mm-hmm. off and locked those guys out here in the postseason. There's just not been anything going on in, I think, those bottom three or four spots at all. A couple of hits here or there, but a lot of offers for those guys down there. And of course, that, you know, there's lineup scrutiny as there will be and should be in the postseason because you're thinking about, you know, sometimes as a manager, you're going to play a hunt. You're going to give this guy an opportunity against, you know, a, a pitcher in a matchup that you think might favor him. And if it works out, you look like a genius. When it doesn't work out, it looks like you pushed the wrong buttons, but I don't know what buttons anybody could push today against Aaron Nola and the Phillies' bullpen to be able to turn this one around once the Braves went down by a 6 nothing score. That, I think, is really the story of this game in a nutshell. I was talking about the Phillies' postseason and the last time that they won a game. Our old friend Cole Hamels was the winning pitcher on October fourth, two 2011. So the postseason drought for the Philadelphia Phillies has ended at just over 11 years and a, and a week, almost two, Since the last time they picked up a a postseason win, they did that in game one. And now they've done one here at home, I should say, for the first time since 2011. And this is just, I think, for the Phillies, it's a lot about what you were saying earlier, Jake, in terms of the Phillies at an 87-win team are probably not the juggernaut that people were looking for, much like the Atlanta Braves a year ago. But now they are one win away from advancing in a second consecutive postseason series and punching their ticket to the NLCS for the first time in well over a decade.
0: They are. I mean, they're, they're a good team. I mean, you can't look at the record. And we talked about it going in. When you got Zach Wheeler and Aaron Nola at the top of your rotation, and both of those guys were really good. I mean, Wheeler was cruising until he hit Acuna in the other game. And I think that kind of threw him off. But both of those guys, really good. Their bullpen is obviously improved. Their lineup, as we talked about, very powerful up and down. I mean, Schwarber, Hoskins, Harper, Real Muto, you know, Bohm you know, Segura, even uh, those, those guys can hit. I mean, they're a deep lineup. This is a good team. They obviously struggled out of the gate much like the Braves did and kind of got hot late. So, I mean, there's, you know, I know Braves fans. I've heard some people say that this is embarrassing. If they lose to the Phillies, it's it's not embarrassing. The Phillies are are a good team. I still think the Braves are better if they play their game, but Max Reed, Spencer Strider, your two best pitchers all year long have gotten blown up in this series. And that right there is the difference.
1: Yeah, it really is, and I know that a lot of folks were like, well, the Braves, the layoff is what's hurting them. Well, they had four days off last year. They had five days off this year, and I don't think there's any scenario in which I would want to go into the wild card series with a sick Max Freed and Spencer Strider not available. So if that's the scenario we were talking about, it doesn't look too much altogether different than what could have gone wrong in this series perhaps having gone wrong a series sooner, but either way, you know, the schedule has been made. The the lineups have been set or that the, you know, the playoff bracket has been set and the Braves and the Phillies who know each other extremely well. We talked about early in this series, no secrets between these two teams after 19 meetings in the regular season. Well, this continues to be a hotly contested series between these two teams. And that has been, I think what we all expected when these two teams uh, met here in October. And just knowing that for Philadelphia, this has been a long time coming.
0: It has been. And I mean, look, you know, kudos to them and their fan base and getting it done. I mean, again, the Braves know what it feels like to get hot at the right time and go on a run and have that surge of confidence. And that's exactly what you're seeing in this Phillies team. And, you know, or you knew when the Braves lost game one with Max Fried on the mound, it was going to be a battle. And you kind of felt like it was going to have to go five games that the Braves were going to win it because, you knew best case scenario, or not best case, but you knew was Wheeler and Nola coming, it's gonna to be tough to win both of those games. So you hope you split those and then you got, you know, two of your veterans ready to go in games four and five. You're gonna need them to pitch better because like I said, bottom line, the Braves in games one and three just have not pitched like they're capable.
1: No, they have not. So let's talk about game number four. It's coming up after I tell you about betonline.net, the fastest and easiest way to check in on all your betting needs. You can find all your favorite sports and events at the number one online source for lines and games and odds. Reviews and news of every league, MLB, NFL, NBA, NHL, combat sports, esports, and golf. Head to betonline.net today. Use your mobile device to learn more about the action that's happening at BetOnline, where the game starts. Now, we know it's going to be starting on Saturday afternoon at uh, Citizens Bank Park in Philadelphia. It's going to be Charlie Morton on the mound for Atlanta, and it's going to be a bullpen game started by Noah Syndergaard for the Philadelphia Phillies. Now, this is not the same Noah Syndergaard of, of years past when he was with the New York Mets throwing triple digits and you know being one of the great strikeout pitchers in baseball. A little bit different this time around, but he's not going to be asked to go out there and, and carry the whole team on his back either. So it'll be interesting to see if the Braves' offense could maybe – you know, find a way to cash in on a day in which the Phillies are going to have to utilize some pitchers to get to their better relievers at the back end of their bullpen. Now, the Braves' pin, I think, is pretty rested. Jacob Rizzi did a lot of work for Atlanta today to help pick up that slack. Jesse Chavez came in late. I know the Phillies added on three runs late in the game. It kind of made it you know, look worse than it was, but it was 6-1 for most of the afternoon. Uh, but now you look at Charlie Morton, Jake, and you're expecting him to be the guy that he has been in the postseason and particularly in elimination games He is unbeaten in five of those in his career with an ERA well under one, but he did not beat the Phillies in five starts this year. So it's going to be interesting to see which Charlie Morton shows up and what the Braves are going to get as they face elimination for the first time in the postseason since 2020.
0: And the one thing that really worries you about this matchup is Charlie Morton has struggled giving up home runs this year. And we talked about how powerful that Phillies lineup is. But look, as harsh as I've been on Morton in the year that he's had in the ups and downs, I still feel very comfortable with him in this spot. He's a veteran pitcher. He's been very good in the postseason. He has dominant strikeout type stuff. He's capable of going out there and giving you five really good innings, which is honestly what you're looking for. Because as you said, if there's one silver lining from this game is that the Braves got blown out so badly that they didn't have to use any of their best bullpen arms. So they're ready to go if Charlie can give you five solid innings and hopefully the offense can get going, you know, you mentioned, you know, the bottom of the order, seven, eight, nine hitters have one hit in this series. And that came tonight from Orlando Arcia with a pinch hit. So the, the, this offense all year long, it's been one through nine and it's really been that bottom of the order. That's really made the difference. And what I thought would be the difference in this series was the depth of their lineup that hasn't shown up so far mentioned Riley really struggling in the middle of the lineup. Those guys got to get going. If you can't get it going in a bullpen game from the Phillies, then your season's going to be over. So hopefully Morton's got his good stuff, can give you five innings, turn it over to that bullpen. Hopefully the offense can get going, put up a big number, and even this series up.
1: Yep, they're going to need a good start from Charlie Morton to get it going. And, of course, the offense is going to have to wake up big time, as you just said. Game four, Saturday afternoon, 2.07 p.m. Eastern time, the first pitch at Citizens Bank Park. It's Charlie Morton on the mound for the Braves, 9-6 and six during the season, a 434 ERA, 200-plus strikeouts for him, 0 and one with a 547 ERA in his five starts against the Philadelphia Phillies head-to-head. But as I mentioned, he's been dynamite in the postseason before. He's done it throughout his, veteran, his long career and as a veteran, starting this potential elimination game for Atlanta, trying to keep the, se- the season alive and the series alive and send it back to Atlanta on Sunday. He's the kind of pitcher that you like being able to hold in reserve even if Game 3 did not go the Braves' way and the way they wanted to with the return of Spencer Strider. That'll wrap things up here on the Braves' postcast, part of Locked On Sports Atlanta. Make sure you're subscribed on YouTube and subscribe to Locked On Braves wherever you get your podcasts. For Jake Mastroianni, I'm Grant McCauley. Once again, the bad news, Braves drop it 9-1 to to the Phillies in Game 3. They trail the NLDS two games to one. Heading into Game 4 on Saturday, we'll be back with you after that game right here on the Braves' postcast, and until then, So long, everyone.